put up on Instagram. <laughs> How to start a podcast. <laughs> what was the title of it again? How to move some clients up for success. Welcome to the Progressive Podcast, the podcast that will help you progress your health and fitness goals, enabling you to enjoy life more by having a healthier and more active lifestyle. I'm your host, Aaron Williams, and I'm sat with my guest, Luke Lamont. And in today's episode, we're going to talk to Luke about how he sets his clients up for success. So Luke, how are you? All good, mate. Um, tired again. Obviously, this is the second time we're recording this because last week I was absolutely dying, and what I was saying wasn't making sense to myself, so it wouldn't have made sense to anybody else. But this week, not as tired. So yeah, getting there. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, apart from black eye. <laughs> yeah, not cup of tea ready. Akira again. Which one? No. Shocking. Told me a lesson. <laughs> no, it was from football. Um, right, what we'll do, get straight into it. Um, so Luke, what I want to find out is, from start to f- sort of finish or onwards, um, with how you set your clients up and then move them on from there. Yeah. Um, so that initial um, point of contact, how does that normally go about? Yeah, cool. So initially, generally get people who email me interested in coaching. Um, we then meet up, we normally grab a coffee um, rather than sitting in a um, consultation room, the room that we're in now. Um, generally, meet on a neutral sort of area, in a neutral area. Uh, generally, Starbucks, grab a coffee, and then we start to chat about the past experience with regards to training, uh, nutrition, um, and the lifestyle, and then sort of analyze each one as we go along. Um, so, for instance, start off with goals, find out what the goals are so that we know what we're sort of looking at. Generally it's changing the way they look, body composition. Um, and then go into the history of the training um, and what they're currently doing. And then maybe give a couple of examples as to what it would look like going forward and how they could potentially improve what they're doing. Um, and then delve into the nutrition side. So first question I ask when it comes to nutrition is, have you or do you currently do any form of calorie tracking or keeping a food diary or anything like that? In most cases, the answer is no. Um, so the first setup I do is get them to start tracking their foods, uh, usually on my fitness pal. Um, then we talk about what they have for meals, basically. So we'll run through each meal of the day. Uh, we'll run through whether they have snacks in between each meal, um, the drinks, hydration levels, um, and the sort of things I'm looking for when it comes to their meals is are they having a source of protein with each meal? Um, are they getting sufficient fruit, vegetables or salads throughout the day? Um, are they making their food themselves or they, is it processed foods or are they ordering it or whatever? Um, and then when it comes to hydration levels, when they're drinking enough water, are what they drinking calories or is it calorie less like water? Um, and then get to grips with sort of like the habits, if you like, you know, like people have chocolate habits and stuff like that in the afternoon. 
when the announcements drop, they tend to reach for a chocolate bar. Um, so whether it's cutting out a couple of days of those and then it, whatever, you know, it, it's all depends on the individual. Um, but if they're tracking their foods, they can normally have a daily chocolate bar and it just fits into the calories. So we just learn about the individual, the training, the nutrition, and uh, the lifestyle, so how active they are on a day-to-day basis. Uh, whether they're seated all day or whether they take walks, they've got a dog or something like that, and um, whether they're motivated to come into the gym and things like that. So what their sleep looks like also as well, because obviously plays a big part. Cool. Um, you mentioned last week on the last podcast, um, can you just tell everyone the question, I think you'll know the question from what I'm asking, um, the question that you'll ask people to like judge their mindset sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, so um, sometimes what I'll do is um, I'll ask the individual, well I won't ask them the question, I think you're referring to the back there. Yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll tell this individual who's in front of me, I'll say, listen, by the end of whatever, we'll get you doing backflips. Then they look at me a bit puzzled, and then I'll say, I'm being serious, you're going to be able to do a backflip. And what I'm looking for is that I'm not looking for an acrobat, I'm looking for the individual to go, um, right, okay, how are we going to do that? Or I'm looking for them to say, no, that's not going to happen. So it's almost like challenging their mindset. So they're asking the question, how can I do that? versus making a statement which is passing it off and saying, no, I won't be able to do that. So I know if somebody says, how can we do that? They're gonna be a lot more easier to work with, much more easier to work with, and they're gonna be a lot more motivated versus somebody who passes it off and says, no, I'm not gonna be able to do that. So they're gonna, it's gonna require more of a breakdown and a lot more work, if you like, in terms of uh, changing the mindset, if they pass it off as a, no, I won't be able to do that. Yeah. So uh, I also use plank as well. You know, you're going to ask me about first session in a minute, aren't you? So yeah. um, I use plank as well in my first session as almost a mindset test too. So it's kind of in there just to see how long they last in the plank position. Um, I guess I do want some data for the core stability as well, but it's mainly just to see how, how they react when it gets tough. Yeah, cool. So moving on to the first session then, like consultation's gone well, the initial meeting's gone well, yep. you progress it on to your first session. Uh, what does that first session look like? Yeah, I mean, that first session then is generally sort of like finding out how they move. I'm saying generally a lot today, that's not good. So finding out how much they move, whether they can squat, um, so do a squat sort of um, movement, whether they do a hinge movement well or at all, um, a lunge, so if, they, if they're stable on one, one leg, um, and then we'll do a vertical push, vertical pull, and then we'll do a horizontal push, horizontal pull. Um, and we, in most cases, I do bench press for the push, shoulder press machine for the vertical push, a cable rope for the horizontal pull, and then a lat pull down for the vertical pull. Um, and then we'll do a leg press as well. So that's just to see where the strength is in their legs, rather than loading up a bar on the back with squats. Um, providing they can move well, we'll do leg press. Um, and they've got the stability, and I generally use, and we tend to use a plate loaded uh, leg press because you jump, you start off with it higher um, rather than in that shortened position. So it's a little bit easier to get going, isn't it? Yeah. Um, moving on from that, towards the end of the session, we do two conditioning exercises. So the first one is skirg, and then the last one is the rower. So you do a 200 meter sprint followed by a 100 meter sprint on each of those exercises. Uh, that again is just for data to see whether like sort of fitness is at and how hard they push themselves during those because they are sprints 
and it is meant to be a fast sort of thing. So if I know they're going to put all into it and they complete it fast, then again, it's, they're going to be more motivated than somebody who isn't. So it just tells me a little bit about the mindset, and then we finish off with plank. Yeah, yeah, for the mindset as well as core yeah, yeah. data as well. Um, with um, the first exercises, after the mobility part of the squat came to lunge, when we do the vertical arm horizontal push pull exercises, the leg press, that's a strength test. So we want to see how strong they are in the 10 rep range with a 30 second rest between each set. And then I increase the weight each time until they can't do 10 perfect reps. Okay, cool. And then once, if they get to five reps, decent, and then the other four or five say are not very good, then we'll call it when we're going further. Yeah, cool. So you get, you get to see how they move under fatigue as well. Yep. Um, with a little rest, yeah, and yeah. see how much they dig in and try and um, try and keep it as yeah. good as possible. Perfect. Um, okay, cool. Moving on from that first session, then, what does your first month like? How would you set someone up in their first month with you? Yeah. So first month, then. So first session is what I've just mentioned, and the second session is then what will be their gym program. Um, so people tend to see me two to three times per week, mainly. Um, and then they'll get a gym program outside of that if they're coming once or twice, depending on how many times they're in, of course. I do have some people that come in once, I think there's one or two people that see me once, and they have a two or three day gym program. Um, so that second session is running through the gym program and making sure that they know what they're doing on that day. Um, at the two week point of training, we review everything. So on day one, we take some pictures, we take some measurements, and um, we take the weight, and then on the two week review, we review what, how we've got on, um, take the measurements, take the pictures, I then crack on with the session with the individual, we complete the session, and then I go away then and I compare everything. So we look at the data, compare the two, look at the pictures, compare the two, and then I put it into a file for them, into a document, um, and then I'll go through that then on the third session or the third time, so, you know, after the two week review, basically, yeah. the next session after that two week review. Um, and we'll compare how it goes. I'll look at the food diary at that point as well um, and just see what sort of changes they're making to the nutrition, if any. Um, because when people start tracking their foods, they generally make that healthier, more conscious decision anyway because it's being logged. And especially if I'm looking at it, there's that little bit of pressure to go, oh shit, he's gonna be lucky. Do I have the, the chocolate bar or do I have the apple? You know, in most cases, people are gonna go, oh, I'll have the apple, yeah. play the chocolate bar. No, they'll have the apple, yeah. So, um, just little things like that. Yeah, cool. Um, I had a question a second ago. Um, got it again. Um, so that first month program you mentioned, they've got, some people will have a gym program outside of your sessions. What does that tend to look like? Is that, um, will it have certain movements on or will you make sure you don't put certain movements in until you've made sure you've been through yeah. all of them properly? Um, person dependent, of course, as always, but let's say that I'll try and give as clear examples as I can. So complete newbie, doesn't move well. They're gonna be generally, oh, they're gonna be mostly on uh, weight machines. Um, so they're going to be sticking to the weights, the free, the weight machines. Uh, the people who are going to be more intermediate, um, I mainly work with lads as well, with males, so they tend to have a little bit more free weight knowledge, um, so they can do a little bit more in the free weights area. 
So they might have things like bench press, they might have things like deadlifts, providing they can deadlift correctly. If not, they might have a rack pull, which is lifting a bar from knee height, which is the top part of a deadlift. If they can't do that, then they won't have it and they'll just have middle back pulling exercises. Um, I sometimes throw in some dumbbells. Like I say, it's very person dependent. I've got one guy who on his first gym program was doing, uh, what was it, like 32 or 36 inch box jumps. Okay. And that was on his first program. And most people can't even jump on a 24 inch box. Yeah. Um, but this guy, you know, he's, he's very fit. He's um, an outdoor instructor. Um, and does canoeing, kayaking, he does a lot. So he's very fit and he, he was able to adapt pretty quickly. He was also doing pull-ups, he was also doing dips, you know, body weight ones, not assisted. So he'd be more advanced. He'd be more advanced. So that was on his first program, whereas a newbie wouldn't be able to do that. So like I say, it's very far between. If, they, if I can get a squat in there, they're gonna do a squat. If not, they're gonna do a leg press. If they can get a bench press in there, they're gonna do a bench press. If not, they're gonna do a chest machine. If I can do a, Lunge, they're going to do a lunge. If not, they may do a single leg leg press. Yeah. Um, if they can do a hinge, like a deadlift or rack pull or something like that, that'll be in there. If not, then I'll leave that out and I'll work with them on the set in our PT session on that exercise. Um, for pulling exercises, I generally use uh, the machines, the cables, because I find it gives it the best tension on the middle back and dumbbells. I don't really give somebody a barbell and get them to do bent over row, not too often anyway. Yeah. Um, I know a couple of people have got it, but they're a little bit more advanced because yeah. um, it's all about retracting those shoulder blades, getting those shoulder blades to squeeze together, holding it for a second and then returning. Because as you'll very well know, a lot of people's posture is very rounded and we need to fix that ideally as quick as possible. Yeah. Um, and then it will be some sort of vertical pull again on any um, machine if they can't do pull-ups. So it'll be a lap pull down. Yeah. So yeah, it is very personal person dependent but there is like a clear distinction between like what you'd give a beginner to what you'd give someone that's a bit more advanced and you can yeah. see that they can move pretty well. Um, so moving on, on to sort of the 12 week and plus, Yep. so anything around that 12 week and onwards, um, what does, what do your client sessions look like and what do their programs look like from there? So the sessions, um, We'll be working on whatever they need to be work on. Um, so, how I coach people isn't always how they want, but it's how they it's what they need. Yeah. So we'll generally slow things down, and we'll go through what they need to learn and work on. So, for example, a hinge. I had a guy this morning who doesn't hinge too well. So we spent a good 15, 20 minutes hinging, even though his goal is to change the way he looks and to reduce body fat. We were just doing a body weight hinge, trying to learn that movement. Because I'm confident and comfortable that he's gonna go away into his own sessions this coming week and put max effort in. So we spent a good portion of today's session doing that. And then we backed up the rest of that session with, because his back's quite, um, his shoulders are very rounded, so his back's quite hunched, if you like. We worked quite a bit on his pulling movement. He's still a guy, so we've done some bench press because obviously guys want to work on the chest. And then we finished on some legs and then we just kind of went through legs. We have a few drop sets and a couple of exercises just so we can get a sufficient amount of work done in the session. Um, so that's the beginner sort of thing. And then for the intermediate to going on to, um, you know, more advanced levels, if you like, 
they're going to have more of a program with me, like a four-week program, and then we'll work on that throughout the, the, the 12 weeks, if you like, so I might get changed three times, I might get changed twice, and then as long as they're progressing through that um, program, the exercises, the rep ranges, and they're going up in weight, we'll keep going until it stops. Alternatively, if they're struggling and not coming outside of sessions, then it's going to have an impact on their sessions. So I'll reduce it down and then we'll sort of figure something else out. For example, there's a guy that I've got who was killing it outside the gym, coming twice outside of seeing me, and then he's been super busy the last few weeks, so his um, PT sessions have suffered because he's not getting that additional work in. So I haven't been able to push him as hard, so that means we've had to reset and I've had to change the angle of how we train him. Yeah. Whereas somebody else who's here every week, four or five times, we can stick to that gym program and we're progressing every week. Yeah. We're working through a rep range, maybe five to seven, eight to 10, uh, 10 to 15 reps, whatever. And we're trying to beat numbers each week. Um, and the numbers only get beaten if I'm happy with the way they've completed that lift, so the technique. So yeah. I'll often get them to do 15, I'll say, well, that was only 10. And then they look at me like they want to punch me, but then they laugh and they say, right, okay, fair enough because I wasn't happy with the last five reps. So I just keep saying one more, one more, and I hope that they get that one more, and try to learn that movement, but then if they don't, you just say right at 10, and then drop the weight and then potentially go again. Yeah, all right, cool. Um, going back to something you said at the beginning of that, um, I, think it, I think if you haven't picked up on it, definitely go back, but um, it's, uh, for other coaches listening, it, it's, it was a really good point. Um, of the not not doing something that your client wants to do all the time, doing something that they need to do. Yeah. Um, I know you took something like it want to do some chest stuff. Yeah. Because uh, he's a guy, but um, there is a lot of people, and it is mainly guys as well, isn't it? That will just want to bench and get like a really big chest and a really strong chest even though they sit down all day and the shoulders are rounded already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as a coach, it's it's our job to tell them what they need. Yeah. Um, I just thought that's a really good point um, and just highlight, highlight that point. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes down to the coach being a coach and not being a trainer, you know. A coach is gonna tell you what you need and tell you why you need it and the benefits of it. And then if you want a big chest where you've got a hunch back, I'm going to explain that if we work on your middle back a lot more, I'm going to put you in that correct posture and your chest is going to look a lot bigger because you're going to, your chest is going to be puffed up more yeah. just by straightening your back a bit. So when they actually click and they see that, they go, oh, right, okay. And then there's more buy-in from them then to actually work on that middle back and say, right, this guy kind of knows what he's on about. Let's let's give his uh, methods a go. Um, but it's having the balls to do it as well. Yeah. You know, when you're a new trainer or new coach or new PT, whatever you want to class it, there's always that little bit of fear factor is, oh no, I want to give them what they want because they'll leave me. Yeah. But you've got to give them what they need. It's like, you know, when you feed a dog it's medicine, you wrap it in a piece of cheese or a piece of ham, you give it what it wants with what it needs. PT sessions are the exact same, human behavior is very similar. If they don't want to do it, they won't do it. Yeah. If they don't enjoy it, they won't do it. So you've got to give, find that fine sort of balance if you like. Another common one is, like I said, I work with many lads, they won't work arms. Yeah. And some of the some lads aren't in a position to really have a good arm session because of the amount of body fat they have. We need to get that down. So we might just do a couple of supersets at the end of the workout on arms. Yeah. So it could be two bicep, two tricep, superset bicep, or a tricep, two sets each, 
maybe do a drop set and then they feel good at the end of the session. So I've given them what they needed for say 45, 50 minutes and in that last 10, 15 minutes, I've given them a little bit of what they want, which is like a little bit of arm training. Cool, perfect. But before that, I've also explained that by doing the things that I think they need to do, it's gonna work their arms, the compound movements, the rows, the presses. Yeah. So it's education as well, massively. Yeah, cool. Um, right, moving on from there, we're gonna talk more about nutrition and what um, sort of principles you put in place with your clients. Yep, okay. Um, so like I say, from almost like the consultation or day one or when we first meet, I get them to start a food diary. I did it on my fitness pad because then I can jump in and look at it. Um, there's no calories, no protein, no macros, nothing given for the first two weeks. I just get them to track it, track what they eat. Like I say, they make more conscious decisions. After that, I'll look at the calories, I'll look at the sort of progress and I'll work out a calorie um, range for them, as well as then give them a protein target. So then I'll give them some a calorie range of protein target and that's for them to hit. That's it, no carbs, no fats, that can make up the, the remaining calories after protein. And then tell them to get round about five a day in. Okay. So five fruit, veggie, salads. Ideally two fruits, uh, two portions of veggie even a meal, and then one salad as an example. Cool. And that's pretty much it. Um, out, of, out of interest, how much protein do you recommend? Like on average, what sort of? Yeah. Um, oh God, such a, again, it comes down to the, the individual. Um, if somebody's struggling, then I say aim for 30 grams per meal, which is gonna, could be, uh, 90 grams a day yeah and then we'll try and build it up from there if somebody's dead compliant and they're going to come in and go right whatever you say i'm going to do yeah so i give them round about 1.6 times their lean body mass in kilograms so let's say somebody's 100 kilos they probably need to lose around about 20 so it'd be about 160 grams ish no a little bit less than that yeah yeah awesome yeah, about 125 to 150 grams yeah. of protein. And um, again, I'll give them a range because yeah. it's just a little bit easier. So for people listening, the reason I ask that question is there's like a big gap in what most people give, isn't there? Yeah. Um, like some say like, I think it's, is it a gram for every pound of body weight or is it a little bit more? Yeah, like a gram per pound then. if you're uh, on a fat loss phase and, yeah. you've got, and you want to try and keep as much muscle as possible. Yeah, um, and for some people like your everyday person, it's it's going to be really hard for like an everyday say that two hundred pounds to get two hundred grams of protein in, when in the past they've been eat, they've been lucky if they're getting hundred grams of protein yeah. a day. Um, so yeah, I was just interested in what you yeah. what you thought. About. I mean, one thing I said then was lean body mass. So I said somebody who's hundred kilos and then. Let's say they've got about 20 kilos of fat on them and yeah. working out their protein from their lean mass, which is the 80 kilos, not the 100 kilos. Cool. Um, whereas a lot of people work that out based on their actual weight, not on their well, lean body mass. Yeah. Um, which then just creates an even bigger percentage of your calories towards protein, which is even harder to hit. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, is there any supplements that you recommend? Um, I don't recommend supplements per se, but if somebody came to me and said, right, is there anything I can have that will enhance my performance? I'm not talking steroids here legally. Um, I'd say creatine. I know you mentioned that on your one. 
but I've never, no one's actually asked me. Everyone's more like, you know, like a holistic approach to getting stronger and leaner. So they generally do it through nutrition and training. And if there was ever a case where somebody's not eating vegetables or fruits, then I'd say a greens powder. Um, to throw it in a protein shake or just try and neck it as quick as you possible uh, as you can. I've recommended some people get iron because of their low iron levels. Um, there's been vitamin, multivitamins, vitamin C's. It's just your standard ones. There's no magic ones that I've recommended. Protein shakes and protein bars. I wouldn't personally class them as supplements. Um, I'd just say use them as a tool um, to hit your protein intake for each day. So if you're somebody that likes a chocolate bar mid-afternoon, but then you're struggling to hit protein, you know, why Why would you not have a protein bar mid-afternoon? Yeah. You've got that sort of chocolatey sweet taste, but then you've got protein. Again, it's that feeding the dog the medicine, a little bit what you need with a little bit what you want. A protein bar sort of does that in replace of a chocolate bar. Cool. Yeah. Perfect. Um, and then lifestyle, um, what would you look at in terms of your client's lifestyle and how would you try and um, sort of help them with, with their own lifestyle outside of the gym? So when I look at lifestyle, it tends to be what time they go to bed or how much sleep they get um, and their, their sleep patterns. Um, so as always, I recommend seven and a half to nine hours. Um, if you're a parent, it's anything you can get, obviously. Um, so that one is very person dependent in terms of family life. Um, I used to recommend like not going on your phone before bed and stuff like that, having cut off times an hour, half an hour before, but it's very difficult these days for people to do that, isn't it? Especially with no TV, no light, um, no phones, no tablets. You know, what people want to do really in today's world, yeah. they're not, are they gonna, they're gonna be on it, I'm on it. So that one's kind of out. If you can cut caffeine out, you know, six hours before bed, that'll be ideal. Yeah. Um, if, if not at all, all day as well, just have one caffeinated drink when you wake up and then try and go without. Unless you train and you can have one pre-workout. Um, steps is another one. So being active on a day-to-day -day basis without exercising so you need. Um, sometimes I give step goals, sometimes I don't. Again, it's person dependent and what they're, where they're currently at. If they're like, really motivated to come into the gym and get the training sessions in and then they adhere to everything dietary-wise, steps isn't really something that we need to look at because everything's factored into this calorie sort of um, yeah. target. Um, so I'll take what they want to do with steps, whether they want to get more in or whether they get less in, and then we'll factor that into the calories. So we've already sorted that. And then if we hit a plateau, then we might say, right, here's a way of being able to eat the amount you're eating still, but you just need to move a bit more, and then it might be like, say, move another three, four, five steps each day. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much it. You know, lifestyle is steps, sleep, yeah, really it. Awesome. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that, you, that we haven't been through that you'd sort of try and implement with your clients? Um, we've been through quite a lot, we've covered quite a lot. Um, just before we finish, is there anything else that you do with your clients that you haven't mentioned already? Yeah, um, you know, two things. I try and get them to take responsibility for everything. I mean, when you've got a coach or a PT, it's very easy to blame them for your mistakes and for your failings and for weight gain and measurement um, gain and stuff like that. But, you know, 
we're here as guides, you know, we're, we're not, this isn't our story, we're not the heroes in this story, we're just the guide. You know, if you look at any sort of action story or something like that, there's always a hero and there's always like this older guy that's helping them out on the journey. Yeah. You know, essentially we're that person, aren't we? And the, the person in the driving seat, they're the one that they've got to take responsibility for everything, I guess. And then once you do that, everything becomes a little much easier and you become a lot more conscious of what you're doing. And it sort of creates autonomy as well, which is the other point, you know, I said I had two points. It's creating autonomy. So instead of me saying what to do, I try and find out what they want to do. So I know a couple of weeks ago, um, I had somebody who was like, what should I do? I was like, you tell me, what do you think you should do? And they weren't happy with that. They wanted me to tell them what to do. And I was like, listen, I could tell you what to do, but you're not going to do it. You need to come up with it yourself. We've been through so many routes you know, this person's been with me a couple of years, so we went down so many routes, we tried so many things and said, what do you think's best? And in the end, she sort of told me what I wanted to tell her. Yeah. So, because she came up with that idea, it's stuck. And yeah. she's been more, she's bought into it a bit more because it was from her mouth, her head, her, her thoughts. But I just planted that seed over months. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's re take responsibility for your actions. So if you eat a chocolate bar because you're stressed in work, don't blame work, blame yourself because it's, it's your responsibility. You yeah. one, allow the stress to get to you, and two, you have the chocolate bar. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having that chocolate bar, everyone caves in at times, but take that responsibility, don't pass it off. Because if you take responsibility, you can do something about it. Yeah. Whereas if it's someone else's fault, if it's external, then you're screwed. You know, you've got to expect that to change. And then the other one is, um, do, through, do things through autonomy. So do things that you want to be able to do, not like what you're being told. Awesome. Cool. Thank you, Luke. Um, and that is everything for today. So I hope I hope you've enjoyed listening to today's podcast. Um, if you have enjoyed it, leave us a rating. Um, and then if you've got any questions for us as well, we're going to be doing a Q&A in the next few weeks. It'll probably be. Yeah. Um, so if you've got any questions for us, send us a message either to either of our Instagram accounts or leave a comment. Um, and yeah, leave us a rating as well. Um, let us know how you've, what you think of the podcast so far, if you've enjoyed them. Um, Give us any criticisms you may have, um, anything that can help us improve the experience of these podcasts for you guys. So I hope you I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, make being progressive a habit. <laughs>